happy that we finally made time to do this together. I feel like this conversation has been one coming to us for almost six months. But where we landed and what we're going to speak about today, I think, is perfectly on time for you guys, for you ladies, and mm-hmm. and perfectly timed for what's needed now anyways within our community of leaders. So excited to have this conversation. Welcome to Reimagining Work From Within. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Wait, I'm just so excited that it's finally happening. <laughs> and yeah, it's here. It's here. Exactly. So let me introduce these two beautiful voices that you can hear now. With me today are Rachida and Rebecca. They are the co-founders and creatives behind Sisterhood, a social enterprise creating pathways for young girls and gender-expanding youth to become confident changemakers through their award-winning social action program at Sisterhood School. They've worked with over 200 girls who have gone on to create more than 15 social action projects addressing everything from period poverty, stereotypes in sports, and public sexual harassment. Both co-founders are on a mission to democratize design, revolutionize how we educate young people, and support girls in designing a future where they can thrive. Welcome to you both. Thank you. you. (laughs) I'd love to hear your story in like a blurb like that, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. And I heard some of your newly created purpose language in there too creating the Mm -hmm. pathways for confident change makers Mm -hmm. i love it great okay so can you i've done the blurb but why don't you tell us a little bit about you two as founders a bit of a a brief founder story and how and where did you both meet yes our founder story goes back to a meet cute that we had while we were studying graphic design or graphic communication as it was called at Central St Martins and we our paths really collided because we both started gravitating and working on projects that was using design in different ways and by different I mean not not necessarily in the commercial sense that we know design to be used but you know how can design make better systems services products how can we use design in a way for social good was the term that was used and we started seeing each other in the same briefs and started like noticing each other in the same briefs and got chatting like literally got talking about our experiences whilst we were studying but also what we want to do and you know the kind of work we were naturally gravitating towards yeah and Richard and I were both in the same tutor group at Central St Martins which was completely it was random, but I think the tutors had kind of started to like see where your interests peaked. So we were with a tutor who specialized in using design for social good. Like that was her background and what she was like basically devoting her professional career to alongside tutoring. And that's really where the tutor and I met. And I think it was in one of our form, like tutor group chats where we had to present something that had inspired us. It was anything and everything, but under the the lens of design and creativity. And I just remember Rachita standing up and she brought in a book called Good, Do Good Design, which I never, never seen before. And uh, you spoke about like in depth about how design can be used to, you know, make things make things better and actually when design isn't 
created very responsibly. And you used, you showed us the example of the American ballot card and how it actually was extremely confusing and cost the election. And just something so simple, which you're asking millions of people to engage with for something very, very important. There's a huge amount of responsibility to get that right and to make things as accessible as possible, easy to use, functional. But, you know, things need to function before they're beautiful. And if you can do both at the same time, then you've absolutely smashed it. And I just remember being like, I need to work with this girl. She is thinking on like the same wavelength as me. I really just like her approach to to design. It's it's kind of very thoughtful and conscious and active rather than what I was seeing around me and I was getting really sucked into was just making things look really pretty. And I think that's something that is really hard to like get out of your brain because you learn the skills and you learn the 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 tricks of using these softwares uh, especially for graphic design or branding identity anything like that it you are taught form first not function and that was something that was like a really pivotal moment at university for me to to be able to work with a peer who was thinking that way there's a couple reflections I had from hearing that. One, nothing is random. You're obviously meant to destined to meet each other in that mm-hmm. year group. Um, two, someone who came from Florida and who has been a part of so many vote recounts because of the ballots and the hanging chads and all of that drama. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it really resonates to how bad of a design that was. And three, it's kind of striking me that uh, back to the it's not random part. A lot, Mm -hmm. I don't think I've even told the two of you, but a lot of my background was in graphic design and branding as well. And so I think it's so special that I've met you and that's where the foundation of your work and your relationship starts. And it's been such a joy to work with people who are designer minded and creative minded, but are really thinking about the form, the function, the looking beautiful, all of it at the same time. So it's been great. And I guess a little bit of background for some of the listeners. We've been working together now for how long has it been? six months a year maybe six months yeah, six months yeah. and we met at one of your pop-ups last summer which maybe we can get into a little bit in a bit here and I know you've got some stories to share from that moment and when I met you I was like I would love to work with these people they're such incredible people and so it's been a really fun six months of kind of helping support you to get clarity on your foundations of your culture your purpose your values your vision mm-hmm. Now we're working on kind of figuring out the strategic advisors that you need around you to help you grow. And it's just been such a fun journey. It's been so nice to get so close to you as founders. And today we're really talking about how to kind of lead a new generation of change makers, which you both are perfectly poised to do with the work that you do through Sisterhood. So that's exciting. Okay. What have you come to learn about yourself as a co-founder? So many things. I think one of the things about this journey, but of founding your own business and that and and as well as being co-founders it's like it's a real mirror to both your strengths and your flaws and I think especially when at least I'd like to think we have a very unique co-founder relationship and then and that gets like stress tested even more so you you know because Rebecca and I are also like best friends like it's not just that we are co-founders and we have this really great working dynamic we also have like a friendship outside of 
sisterhood that exists. So you really, and I think it's funny, I think the thing that I'd say is you really don't learn about yourself and other people until you often live with them, right? And that's where Rebecca and I started sisterhood. We lived together. We, you know, we really knew the inner workings of each other outside of what work looked like. So we really knew that like okay we can like I can work with this person or I can you know be be in a like working dynamic with this person based on like you know everything else that you see or know about them but about myself my gosh I've learned so many things I've I think mostly it's like I've had to learn or rather, things have so many conditionings have been unearthed for me that I didn't even realize that I was holding or that I had within me. And that is really hard to challenge yourself, to uncondition yourself of those things. And in order to be the kind of leader that you want, you wanted, and also in order to be a kind of leader that is able to lead just the next generation who are who are already leaders in their own right and take a very different approach to like activism and using their voice and and standing up for themselves that I don't think even like my generation has yeah we call that learning and unlearning as part of the leadership Mm. journey Mm. yeah the unlearning is almost maybe even more important sometimes yeah yeah for sure yeah, that's something that we're both. I think what I, you know, what we, well, with the unlearning, what I wanted to say was like, that is something we've always been really aware of from the beginning. So I think what I've learned from myself as a, as a co founder through this relationship was that before sisterhood even began, I was super reflective and I didn't even realize that. I was that was a muscle I was I was flexing I would just like I had a lot to to say or a lot to think or a lot to feel and writing that down was just a way especially when you're at university and you are kind of starting to go through life on your on your own you've got so much independence and writing it down was so comforting and it was just a way of 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 thinking and reflecting on this journey that we were on at the time and I just remember going into your, your room Rachita, and you had a journal like right side like by the side of your bed as well and it was apparent to me that like, self-reflection was something that we both shared or something that we both did as a practice and it was kind of this like core value that we had from the beginning and that was the first time I like really felt like I that was something I never really told anyone that I did it was just sort of my own personal time to like think about how I behaved or what I like how I you know how the day went or what I did to what what like what I was doing to make the most of this university experience that that I was having and then just to see Rachita doing that was amazing as well and and that's something that I've learned through this relationship to never change those behaviors just because you're starting a business or just because you don't see it in the mainstream as a practice or you're not taught it at university as a creative practice or encouraged to do it doesn't mean that it's not part of like the core foundations of you as a leader 
and now it's just it's just people have made so much money on like good journals being accessible for people (laughs) to really reflect it's like a whole business it's a whole it's a whole industry which I love to see but actually just picking up a pen and being like what went well for me today what did I do like how did I do good by myself and like what could I have done better or what was holding me back or just having this reflective tool to like think and just let yourself feel and I think everyone says like assertiveness is is the number one trait you can have as a leader but I think there's something that become comes before all of those skills and it's that self-awareness and that self-assurance that you're you're trying and you're you're doing good by yourself and you're investing in your best self as much as you can with the resources you have to hand and yeah I've learned that those tools are actually easy to come by but they just take a lot of work and a lot of dedication to make the time for them Mm. yeah and what I've come to know about the two of you and the culture that you're creating is that that reflection is almost like a cultural ritual for you for you both as individuals but I've seen it in action with the girls too and I think it's so incredible to teach that vital self-awareness to young leaders, old leaders, all of it. Yeah, the art of reflection is so important. And that point that you made is really interesting of like what comes before the assertiveness. And the artist way is something that they mm-hmm. recommend that a lot too, which is kind of one of the points of the morning pages, right? Like get it all out on paper first so that all the things that are holding you back and those limiting beliefs and all of those things are out of the way so that you can just step forward into your most powerful mm. self so yeah self-reflection I love morning pages yeah <laughs> they're literally like a total game changer yeah love that what about the importance of early stage founder support so these are some of the things you both have learned about yourself but what about that I know we've spoken about that before of like what was available to you or what was possible for you in terms of support earlier on in your in your startup I think this is a really good what I've learned is this it the support that we received at this stage and we were part of like some incubators and fellowships is a very good example of an exercise in the difference between designing for and designing with. So we've in- experienced incubators and fellowships that were designed for early stage entrepreneurs. So it was designed with mind of like we based on like a journey of a business or a startup these are skills that you need these are the skills that you are how much time you need to be able to land them or allocate that allocate for them and this is the way we're going to build out a program based on the assumption of like typically this is how startups work which is very interesting because i'd say from my personal perspective it's been very much like a 50 50 experience where 50 percent of it has been like useful and really good especially because we were so new we didn't come from an entrepreneurial background at all so our first incubator was really helpful for us to like actually just realize that oh this is what it means to start a business like these are things we have to have in place like even the basic things like setting up a bank account or your leak like how are you going to set up as a legal entity and that was helpful but then when we started doing things beyond that it was like oh but you haven't actually thought about like the entrepreneur's journey like 
it wasn't evident that perhaps like entrepreneurs were necessarily like consulted or or bought into the experience of designing that program that could actually really really support them so there's definitely been gaps or just things that weren't created well I'd say that you needed for to like get your idea or get your thing off the ground which is something that what really propelled us also to start our summer program which supports young young girls into starting their own business purpose-led businesses because a lot of the things that were missing that we experienced we've really channeled it into that yeah I think as well what Rajita was talking about was a lot of incubators and early support that that we had as you said not necessarily maybe consulting the entrepreneur's journey like it's normally large businesses who can provide maybe equity at the end of a of a pitch and they want to support young entrepreneurs so the incubator is there to give them the skills so that you can go for the pitching round but actually when you're working in social change or you're trying to change entire systems that does not move at the same rate as a startup for a product which moves exceptionally fast it's accelerated it's it's rapid Whereas when you are, like we're trying to do is, you know, make design accessible to an entire generation and beyond and change the education system alongside it and embed creative education into the the 21st century curriculum, what that is just, that takes a huge amount of time, a huge amount of resource. Change is so, so slow. So how do you provide support moves along with you at that pace and you know we have had to be so crafty and so resourceful of how you know how many hours we were using of of a coach's time and really thinking about how to like maxim like max out any kind of support that we were getting because if we had a project it wasn't going to be done in a couple of weeks it was probably going to take a couple of months to a year because there's so many people that we are bringing on board into the conversation. I'm talking teachers. I'm talking the the benefit the the students themselves, the the change makers themselves, our our community, and then also Richita and I working on this sometimes part time to really build that those foundations that we needed. The it's just not as rapid as other as other industries when you're trying to change behaviors change systems and really create something that's gonna last and stand the test of time so yeah it's just taken a lot of us kind of putting together makeshift type support that is needed on a case-by-case basis so yeah I think as Wichita was saying building the assisted summer program was the start and the beginnings of you know us knowing the good, the bad, and the missing from the entrepreneur's journey and how we can use that learning to support a huge population of young people who are starting businesses now more than ever and how we can really, really support those businesses to to thrive uh, no matter how long they take to get off the ground. Love that. It's sort of in response to what you saw maybe was, yeah, like you said, missing when you got started there create something that's really needed now i love it okay so that's the the me of it shall we move into the we of it okay <laughs> we've kind of talked about this as like a me we us conversation haven't we 
Mm-hmm. And it takes a me, a we, and an us to lead with <laughs> the next generation of change makers. So you talked individual self. Let's hear a little bit about nurturing the founder relationship and some of the leadership alignment that comes along with that. So how do you nurture your sisterhood between the two of you? Richita put this so perfectly once when maybe it, the sisterhood wasn't so good. I can't remember, but you <laughs> said it so perfectly. But you said, you know, the sisterhood between everyone that's working with us and particularly the change makers we work with is only as good as our sisterhood is. So when our sisterhood is good, that is reflected outward and therefore that behavior is mimicked or it's seen and it's it's absorbed by the people that we're working with. So, you know, we always were so aware of this sister relationship. We both have sisters and we actually took some time to really analyze the sister relationship and how it is one of the most resilient but also one of the most challenging relationships you will have in your life and that (laughs) is such a beautiful thing and we spent so much time I'm a younger sister Regita's an older sister so we had like a really good breadth of experience between the two of us of being those different roles of big sister little sister and how that actually gets reversed sometimes no matter the age and that was such an amazing wasn't even a conversation it just became a way that we behaved of like just that acceptance of growth you just accept who you are where you're at and you're going to make it work you're going to make this relationship work with communication understanding space to grow space to like fail and really really like go wrong and still come back together again and still have joy still have that freedom to be whoever you want to be but there's a connection and nurturing that connection meant identifying what those like ingredients were to us and I mean just a couple of them definitely being the core values which we've spoken about a little bit previously just really identifying and sharing our personal core values so talking about the me is like really being aware and this is stuff we've did through that self-reflection was you know what are our core values what are things that are just just not compromisable we are you know we stand true to those values and then another thing I think is is just which has been so paramount and is super important was super important to me so, so early on was just clear communication and this and and through the lens of like emotional connection so understanding like how we are doing and how we're feeling and how what we're showing up like today and what's gone on on your commute that you're now starting the new working day having just experienced that what what's kind of going on so we always have had these check-ins and on a Monday they're kind of slightly lengthier or before a huge project whether kind of we're starting sisterhood summer or we've got a new school program we will always mark out time for these check-ins and they're not sort of like very intense and like loads and loads of questions it could just be like setting a space that's just for us to share breakfast together and just see how we're doing and check in and like make the plan of the day kind of air anything that we're particularly concerned about And it's amazing. It sounds so easy, but it is so hard to do, especially when you're 
you know, you're working all over the place. You're working in different schools. That space might not be readily available to you. You're starting a new project with other stakeholders and other people that you're working with. And so you've kind of got to consider their, the energy they're bringing as well. But it's, we, I would say this year we've done good by ourselves. And like that check-in has just been, we've not compromised it at all because in the past we have, and it shows it's the disconnect is felt and it's we do it and we get on with it but it's definitely not as good as it could be and so yeah this year we've really like committed to that and it's been incredible just to go into really new spaces really new environments where we're we're taking on a huge amount of responsibility and being like no like we've got this and I know how you're doing you know how I'm doing and where we're ready this like readiness and and ready to support one another yeah I think I think the only thing I'll add to that is really the one thing that we've realized and established and it's a real core like a real core thinking and belief for us which is it's this phrase that we have written like we have it written everywhere and we share it with the girls it just it doesn't matter who is holding the pen as long as we're on the same page I absolutely love this and it's become like a thing in my marriage now too by the way I absolutely love it <laughs> I love that <laughs> and it's absolutely yeah. true it, and I think like and it applies to obviously like any type of relationship but it, especially if I look at you know when it comes to working relationships we often so get stuck in the, you know, me part of it. Like, I'm doing this, I'm contributing this, I'm making this happen, I'm getting these leads. But for us, we definitely established that a sisterhood only works well if we know that the bigger picture is the thing that we are working towards. That's the same page. That's the same page we're on. As long as we're on the same page, it doesn't matter who is doing what. And I think that really helps because oftentimes like we hear or we see founder dynamics where it's like the one founder is like everywhere, you know, takes a more public facing role to the other founder or like one founder stepped into the to be the CEO and the other founder is, you know, perhaps not, not doing that and that dynamic. Whereas we really, really make sure that there is space for both of us. And when there's not space for both of us, we make sure we ask for that. That and and if they can't make space for both of us, then we say no. We literally turn down the opportunity because it's really important that we not only you know have this beautiful phrase and perspective, but we actually live that out as well. Yeah, I love that. That's fabulous. We're talking a lot about leading alongside. And it sounds like you both have kind of figured out a way to lead alongside. And I know part of our discussion has been around, well, how do we grow from here? If like, say we're in Mm -hmm. two different places and we both can't be at this speaking opportunity or this thing, like how do we lead together, which even in different places, which I guess really is the embodiment of that. It doesn't matter who holds the pen as long as we're on the same page. And I know you guys have been having more experiences like that, where one of you has an opportunity to do something and the other one doesn't. And how you kind of lead through that way. That's amazing. Mm. Okay. So that's the we, the leadership alignment amongst the two of you. Let's talk a little bit about leading through influence. And when we talked about leading through influence, we talked about 
empowering, influencing, nudging, guiding, some of these active words that aren't just command and control leadership, but how you're sort of leading with, not leading above or over, right? So this is really about the us, the wider picture beyond the two of you and sort of how you're taking others on a change journey, including the, the change makers, the girls, but the schools, the partners, lots of people you've been working with. So let's talk about it in two different ways. Let's talk about the partnerships that you've had in the last year, perhaps. So how you nurture your partnerships. And then we can talk about how you nurture your relationships with the girls. So tell us a little bit about how you nurture your partnerships and maybe a story or two about some of the partnership experiences you've had this year. Yeah, so partnerships has been such an such an interesting journey for us both. I think why I use the word interesting is because it is so amazing when you have partners approach you based on stuff that you're already doing and you're already putting out into the world you're not approaching partners with a million proposals and they're getting ghosted you have partners who have just walked off the streets into one of our our projects which was the the strong lead bookshop and storytelling lab which was selling find me among them an anthology written by 14 teenage girls on a creative writing program that we had built around our girls wanting to see more diverse authors on the bookshelves because they wanted to read more they just couldn't find the books this whole program was built around them wanting to see that that change then going out and making that change and then eventually we won a space to sell their book in a concept bookshelf in a concept bookshop and storytelling lab which didn't only amplify the voices of diverse authors but it nurtured the next generation of creative writers through workshops and one of our latest social impact partners vans who we've run a whole year's worth of collaboration and connection through creative expression walked into our shop and that was the start of a partnership where they were just sort of like keep doing what you're doing and we will support you through our stores, through our campaigns, through the platforms that we have. You tell us how that looks for you authentically and how you can reach as many change makers as possible across EMEA and we will be there to make that happen. So that was that offer was such an invitation for us to show the kind of roadmap that we have been building for this whole time since starting Sisterhood of creating long-term impact where every change maker can, feel, can fulfill their creative p- potential and you know really think about their aspirations and what they want to do in the future and build that sisterhood along the way so yeah we really laid that roadmap out that what that actually looks like what 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 programs we wanted to put on what events how we were gonna make sure we were reaching young people outside of the the city centers and really going into the the corners of the UK and beyond of where maybe creativity isn't as present and then getting their expertise in the areas that they knew like how to so to reach reach those people through their stores or through the the experience that they have as a brand and as a company 
and working together and truly collaborating on on successful activations or opportunities that felt right to sisterhood and then inviting them along to participate in the delivery of that. Vegeta and I definitely kind of taking the lead on being the the face of delivering these events so that when people came to sisterhood they could recognize us and and the and the team that we're starting to build but you know really using and leaning on that expertise and the support that comes along with any really suitable strategic partnership so that's just one example but the methodology will always be the same and then once you've invited people along then you know just to see that inspiration happen like actually how inspired our partners are by the work that's happening that they've also helped make happen and then like that impact starting to really play out and you can see that impact going just beyond that moment in time and maybe sort of more vanity like vanity metrics sort of like oh look at all of this attention we're getting but actually planting seeds to things that may bloom in a year two years 10 years 15 years down the line and to see them inspired by that is um, unbelievable because as I said at the beginning a lot of the time everything's like quick quick go go we want attention now and everything needs to happen in this instant but to start to see our partners be ex- excited and inspired by that really long-term progress and that long-term change means that we're you know we're in partnership with the with the right collaborators and that's super exciting and I love that, the laying out the roadmap, doing what you're already doing, inviting people along, and then inspiring them to help with the impact. And I know when we chose the word change makers, it wasn't just about the girls making the change. It mm. was the partners too, right? So when we think about yeah. the change making community, it includes more than just the girls. Do you want to, Richita, do you want to say something a bit about that, that change making community you're gathering? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it started off as something that we only associated the young people that we work with but actually it then started extending to our network of people that were gravitating towards us and wanted to support us whether that was volunteering or on an ad hoc basis and they were change make and they became change makers in their own right or rather they were already change makers they found an outlet of sisterhood Mm. through sisterhood to do that and a big thing that we found that actually through our methodology we very much pursue and persevere with this method that supports people to step into their change-making abilities, which as Bex um, described, also extends to our partners where it's really about, I think the, the secret source of us is centering young girls in everything that we do. And that's something that not a lot of organizations do and also can't do if they're very big because obviously they've grown in a certain way and work in a certain way and and have kind of that established. So through us, they're learning those methods of change making that they may not have otherwise had the opposite or, or thought was possible, basically. I love that. Okay, we're starting to talk more and more about the young people that you work with. Do you want to keep going? How do you nurture your relationship with the girls? Yeah, it's... It's such a, it's been such a learning journey to spend time and to be in company 
with the young people, with the change makers that we have over the past like four years now. And I think fundamentally, we, we, it's something we knew in concept and it's now in practice that these young girls that we work with, they really do know what they want. They know what works for them or what, how they want something to work for them. What we're really there to do is give them the skills and the support to realize that and put that into practice. And we happen to do that through our social action programs. And that is a real shift in also power because it's not so much. And we always say this, like, you know, the first two sessions, we're going to be doing like the talking, the setting, the space, the, you know, establishing who we are, what we're going to be working on. But after that, it's really handing the baton over to them. Um, And that process is not easy, actually, for the young people. Mm. It's really not easy for them because they haven't worked in that way before. They haven't worked where they can lead, that it's open for them to lead. It's open for them to share their opinion and, and, and not be reprimanded for it. It's okay for them to say an answer and that just be the answer. There's no right or wrong in it. That's just your take on it or your perspective from your personal experience. And it is so wonderful to see how they step into their change into their change making abilities through that. And it's a I say it, it's as simple and complex as shifting mm. power. And it's not something that we have completely like 100% hacked, but it's something that we are constantly making better and prototyping so that that transition becomes as seamless as possible for the young people. Mm. And and absolutely, like at that age, like mimicry is a lot of the way in which they absorb things and the way that they learn things. So oftentimes yeah as like facilitators you do feel that pressure and you are very conscious of how you show up in front of these young people and the way that you carry yourselves and this is where the values really help this is where the values really come into action and really it's a transfer of value through action from us to to them yeah yeah you're saying about the mimicry like we always demo everything it's that kind of if you will do it, we'll give it a try. And we, re- I resonate with that in through my own learning at school. You know, you're being asked to do stuff, but the person that you're looking up to, the role model or the teacher that you've got, if they're not doing it, they're just telling you what to do. It's you're, you still there's that vulnerability of like, do I get it right? Is there a way to get it right? So Ajita and I will often demo stuff and show the diversity of what an idea generation exercise looks like and how random it can be and how you know like it can be fun and it can be playful and it can be very vulnerable as well and we never really know what's going to happen when we're demoing activities or exercises but that's half of the fun of it is that we're right aside like we're right by their sides with them going through their program and giving it a go just as much as them and with that comes their trust and their their trust in themselves that they 
can they can lead and we will give them opportunities to to lead the session and really know what it feels like to facilitate themselves with their peers, trust in their ideas, trust in their skills, trust in their strengths, trust that their weaknesses are something that, you know, they should be accepted and that they're they're all part of growing up and figuring out who you are. Yeah. And trust looks so different for everyone. You like confidence, like leadership, trust looks very, very different for every single person. So Rachita and I are are constantly leading from the front and from the back to make sure that no one gets left behind and also nobody is constantly feeling the pressure to step up as a leader and really carry the group because that's definitely a type of, of leadership fatigue as well when you're constantly the person that's taking the baton and carrying and, and speaking on behalf of the group and very, you know, it, it can be very encouraged in education. I think that we both experienced that. There would always be someone who'd answer all the time. And I'd often be that person that never asked questions or just sort of like, even if I didn't understand. So building that trust to have a range of ways you can contribute, a range of ways you can lead, a range of ways that you can show confidence and like to give that confidence to or demonstrate that type of confidence, whether it's confidently making a decision or confidently coming up with ideas or confidently giving a pitch. We encourage all of that, 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 that sliding scale across the board. But we are, we are tough. Like we are mm-hmm. very, we are always try and be super clear with the expectation. We set the space. We set the space with them. We have a contract with all of the girls of like how we're all going to show up and including us, the energy where we're always going to show them and the respect we're going to give them. And that's something that we build together. So it's not something that we create. And then we're like, look, here's your contract. This is how we're going to work together. It's something we create together. But it's got nine times out of ten, it always has the fundamentals on there. You know, punctuality, mutual respect, creating a welcoming space how to receive feedback, how to overcome conflict, how to, you know, motivate each other. I think last week we were saying, you know, someone put on the on their sister speak, which is kind of like the manifesto we create together before the contract is created. And it was like to show up with energy or enthusiasm. And I was like, how do I make you enthusiastic? So each of them have all gone away this week to come back with a motiva- motivating phrase for themselves. So something that I could say to one of our change makers to be like, you know, you've got this, or it could be something that just really speaks to them. And having these little ways of working just builds up, builds up that trust. But it just takes, it's like with anything, any sort of friendship, parent, any relationship of, of meaning and value, it, it takes consistency and it just takes an understanding of of what you're bringing to the relationship and to have that openness and that sliding scale of of energy enthusiasm commitment um but always trying to have this equilibrium of like getting the project or making the most of the time we have together because it's not it's not forever these projects there is a start and there is an end and how we use that time and space takes trust it takes understanding and it takes like a lot of consistency from Richita and myself lovely I know from doing some of the discovery and when we first got started and hearing from some of the girls that 
trust and the confidence is definitely the foundation for this self-mobilizing that you are able to create. And I remember mm -hmm. talking with you at the very, very beginning too of if I was a 13 to 18 year old girl getting asked what's the change I want to see in the world and then being empowered to make that change. Like, I can't wait to see this generation of leaders that you guys are working with right now. It's so incredible. But I hear very closely, like, the trust is the foundation of that and, mm -hmm. and the consistency and some of the contracting and those things. But that's what actually creates the lead along with type of leadership and the leading through influence. Like, that's what enables that. So that's fabulous. Okay. Last bit. I know what, just from hearing what you're talking about now, but also working with you for the last six months, you're really working on trying to create an empowered culture. And that includes empowering the two of you and empowering your partners and the girls and everyone around you. And you're sitting now, you've been growing like crazy and you're sitting now kind of on this precipice of growth. So how do you know that it's time to kind of let go as a founder and pass the baton to other people who can help you grow and spread your impact even further? It's definitely time to let go. Yeah, it is definitely time. I think because we are, there's a very practical side of it, which is, you know, we're seeing more demand and we're having to say no to things, which yes, is it now on the one side as a privileged position to be in, but on from like a business perspective, it's also not great that we have to say no to programs because, you know, we're at capacity right now with the two of us trying to, do the business side of things and be facilitators so there's definitely that practical side and then there's also like the personal side in terms of us showing up as founders and our capacity to be the type of like leaders that we want and if we want to be empowered we are ourselves like we have to let go of of it is definitely time for us to let go in order to grow team or you know the community around us that will support us to get to where we want to be in the next five years and then the next 10 years and do that in a way that is not going to burn us out and is going to be you know a lot of what we've spoken about and done is like is going to keep bringing us joy is going to keep bringing us that freedom to be empowered so that it's definitely tough to let go. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, coming back to the fact that, you know, the change, social change, it takes a lot of, of commitment and kind of riding out that behaviour change can take time, but we're not, that shouldn't be echoed or mirrored in the approach to growth either I think the foundations we have been so intentional about the foundations and really understanding what has made us to, to this point and now like that is such a those foundations are so strong that we can't wait for like people to stand on them and adopt that and like really take that on and lead you know with us on our behalf on this on sisterhood the global sisterhood that is out there and we know is excited to be part of it in, and to give their skills and to give their time and you know the biggest resource for us is and and the time is ticking and it's making what makes you really aware is that our first ever cohort is about to graduate from 
some from universities or colleges mm-hmm. or apprenticeships like that's that's where we're at now you know and they are looking for opportunities where they have been using the skills that they learned years ago at sisterhood still checking in with us coming to our events being ambassadors working on projects working on you know partnership projects with us but they're going to be starting to knock on the doors of like of sisterhood and being you know asking to support and really support that next generation. So I think, you know, they've got this. And that was the whole idea, was this full circle of self-mobilized, self-advocating change makers who have been through our program, supporting the next generation. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they are the best people to lead because they've been on the program. They've sat there and they've been through the experience where we've been facilitating it. So they know exactly how it feels. They know the process they have they've been on that creative journey and that builds we trust them because they've been there so when you have that when they have that trust from us like we had from them from from the beginning what more can a employer or leader ask for is is trust in the people that Mm. are carrying the mission the the mission of sisterhood forward And I didn't really realize this full circle moment that's happening. Like right now is the time when you need to let go and you've got this this class, I'm putting in air quotes, of Mm -hmm. girls who are like ready to come and support. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is a bit of a curveball, but I'm just curious. How can listeners of this podcast support you now? Like what are some of the things that you need right now to help you grow? Mm We, as you mentioned, we're looking at FIFA advisors. So that is something that we are actively working on and we'll be putting out in January. So we're really seeking active advisors who are going to help us get to this next step, to this growth of sisterhood. And also we're looking for value, you know, value-based partnerships, ones who really, you know, can align with what we do and are willing to as you say, step into their change making with us and are excited about that. So that's definitely two things that we are we are open to and will always be open to. Yeah. I think that's never underestimating the importance of just um really reading about what we do and like we there's stuff out there that we're we're putting out all the time to bring people on in that journey, whether you you've you've worked with sister before you've never heard of us before but everything that we put out is you know I would say 10 times out of 10 created by the girls that we're we're working with apart from the odds like admin posts like we need help yeah it's all of their work so support their work by engaging with it donating to sisterhood and you know the the products that we put out so the find me among them that is something that you can gift that is something that you could bring in to your workplace and share with your employees like there's ways of supporting girls ideas girls creations girls social impact projects and you can purchase them you can talk about them in busy rooms you can invite us along with our change makers to talk about these projects because yeah, we're at that point where it's getting us into in front of the right people. As Rachita said, all it takes is is one person having the book and then being interested in becoming an advisor. Or as we said, the 
the connection we have with fans with walking into the bookshop. So I think really engaging with the work that we're doing with this community of change makers, there's always a way that you can help support that either particular project or sisterhood as a whole financially or through ex expertise and your own resources and, and network. That would be amazing. Lovely. Okay, great. Well, I'll make sure to put ways to get in touch with you in these show notes so people can get connected. Okay. We've come to the end of our conversation, but I hope that the the leaders listening learned a little bit around how to kind of lead with a new generation of change makers. And I'm really grateful to the both of you for sharing your story and some of your founder tips and tricks as well. We like to end each of our episodes by taking a page out of Brene's book with a bit of a rapid fire round. Is that okay with you if we do that? Okay. Mm -hmm. I'll read the questions and then you guys just pop when you're hot. All right. What three words would you use to describe the workplace culture you'd like to lead? And we'll start with Rachida. Holistics. So looking at the whole person. Autonomy. And innovative. Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Hearty. Creative. And joyful. Perfect. Okay, Rebecca, we'll start with you this time first. What three mm-hmm. words would you use to define the future of work? Ooh. Autonomous. Disciplinary, like collaborative. Mm-hmm. Uh, and understanding. What about you, Rachida? That's pretty hard to follow. <laughs> Maybe it, like the one I'd add is like rapidly changing. So being used to like the pace of like the way we work will keep adapting mm. and evolving. But other than that, I think I would I would stick to I would like the three words that Rebecca said are definitely the three that like came to mind. Okay. Great. You guys are so aligned. Okay. Mm. We'll start with you this time, Rashida. Which one quality is your superpower or strength as a leader? I'd like to think improvisation. <laughs> so like whether it's like a, I oftentimes improv in facilitation and Bex is now used, now used to this and she improvs sometimes as well now, but like sometimes I'll be like, oh no, this is like not going to work. Let's just flip it and see, see what happens with this or see what happens with, you know, if we change it up and equally like in a situation where things are not going as planned or we're not in, t- in control, like improvising in that moment as well, I think is something that that I can like, I can do well without like losing my cool or it stressing me out. Great. Yeah, I can hear like adaptable and flexible as mm, like the quality. Yeah. Great. Yeah. What about you, Rebecca? So hard. <laughs> the first one that came to mind was playful. Perfect. I love that. That's an amazing quality of a leader. Okay. What, we're going to come to you first, Rebecca, just flip-flopping. What one mm-hmm. quality is your development area or stretch? Something maybe you're working on. Mm-hmm. Uh, perfectionism. That is a great unlearning for all leaders. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Regina? What's your development area or stretch? Uh, pace. Pace. Moving too fast or moving yeah. too slow? Or both? Both. Yeah. Great. That's yeah. great. Okay. Starting with you, Rachida. 
what is your most treasured spot outside of work? When I'm dancing. Anywhere. Doesn't matter where the spot is. It's just where you're dancing. Yeah, I think, uh, to be fair, I like I train as a Indian classical dancer. So that is the one time in outside of work where I am so fully present and so fully there just for myself. It's for no one else but for me. I love that. What about you, Rebecca? Treasured spot outside work. Yeah, it's it's got to be in the gym at the moment, which I know everyone's going to be like, it's going to do two things to people. It's going to be like, oh, no, not the gym. But it's not the gym. It's the space that's been created at my gym. It's similar to a cheetah. I think we're both movers. But the space that's been created, like, and the people that are there, I've never experience the space like it and I think it's just somewhere where I am fully facilitated and it's somewhere where I am not leading I'm being led and there's so much humility and joy and fun and vulnerability in that especially as a perfectionist Mm. where you're not going to get it right and I've gone to like classes that really they scare me even now like I'm like oh god no I can't (laughs) believe I'm doing this but (laughs) the facilitation and the leadership that is there and then the people that are also all willing to kind of give things a go that are around you I just yeah it's such a unique space that I I'm so grateful I found love that okay if is there a person or a brand or a project that you'd like to shine a light on today I'll start with you Rebecca this is where you get to name drop it's something that I've started using, like relatively new, but you know, when something just sucks you in and you're like, oh, you've listened to your community and I'm fully on board. Morgan Harper Nichols has started, well, not started, has got the Storyteller app, which is to really encourage you to write and like just write and be a writer. And yeah, basically I've had it on my phone for a very, very long time and have like intentionally tried to get out of the journal and try and like be a little bit more intentional with what I'm writing and saying and I think this platform has is definitely the way to go and like actually really using her community to like get feedback on what that looks like and to create something with the people that she works with yeah, I'd love to like shine a light on that. Mm, I love her and I love her work. And you can almost always catch a screenshot of some of her beautiful work on the background of my phone. I absolutely love her. Okay, what about you, Rachita? Anyone you want to shine a light on? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So I was thinking about this and I was like, I wish I had like, I I usually am very good with having people, like new upcoming people at the tip of my tongue. But today I really don't. But I think that I the reason that I want to shine a light on this and because and it's not like something unknown everyone knows about it and the reason I want to shine the light is because it's the one thing that I wish I had thought of the idea of and Bex knows what it is it's Canva I was like the co-founder I think oh gosh I think her name is Melanie I hope her name is Melanie if I'm getting it wrong I'm really sorry but the one Melanie of the co- Perkins there we go Melanie Perkins what started off as like trying to design a yearbook and doing it in a way that's simple and visual and turning it into something that truly democratizes design like truly is something and I just think that like her direct 
competitor like probably is like adobe just didn't figure this out like just did not make it as something that was accessible like it is accessible it's relatively simple to use like my mom can use canva now and fine i had to give her a tutorial about it but she can after that she got it she can do it like it's just just very very good and i was just like damn it i wish i thought of that (laughs) (laughs) i love canva we use that within as well we love it okay last song rapid fire if you had to pick one song that represented who you are as a leader what would it be or artist perhaps there's like an artist that is you as a leader I think the song that is coming to mind immediately is called Only the Young by Taylor Swift. And it's a little bit on the nose, but I was like, I feel like, I feel, I feel like that's, that's a good one. That's the one. Love it. Yeah. I'm going to say a song. It's called I Know a Place by Muna. And it was actually my sister sent it to me. And she said, when I listen to this, I think of you. So I guess when... You know, the fact that my sister was like, this reminds me of, of, of you. And then when I listen to it, like the lyrics kind of, it, it reminds me of sisterhood, basically, the space that we're trying to create. And yeah, it's a really beautiful song. Mm, lovely. Love to give both of those a listen again. All right. Thank you both so much for being here today and sharing so much of your story and your leadership tips and tricks and yeah, some of your like successes and failures too that'll hopefully kind of arm some of the leaders listening to this podcast. So thank you so much. And thanks everyone else for listening too. We hope you really enjoyed learning about leading through influence and leading with a new generation of change makers on your side. You can find out more about Sisterhood on Instagram at Our Sisterhood. Is that right, ladies? And mm-hmm. their website, which is OurSisterhood.co.uk. And we would love for you to tune into our podcast every other week for more episodes on what's happening in the culture and leadership space, including what's on the minds of leaders committed to change in our community and other future of work content that you crave. Reimagining Work From Within is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you, ladies, so much. Thank you.